Welcome to the Unified Endurance Podcast, episode 204. 204. And I'm really happy to say welcome back, Rob Foster. Not sure about it's true, but thank you for having me. Now, I learned the other day that I meant to say that, as in said it with meaning, because my voice lowered as I said it, which means that it's true, apparently. Where did you read that? Uh, I wasn't read, I was told it, actually. Ah. Say it again. So when you're actually connecting with someone, I mean, we're going straight into psychology here, straight off the bat. <laughs> not even talking about hokey yet. If, <laughs> if, you're, if you mean what you say, you say it with confidence, but not as in you create more noise to say it. So like I'm saying it now, like noise, it means that like I say, I welcome you back to the podcast. You slow down and you lower your tone so that you connect more to me. Okay. <laughs> What a way to start the show. Wow. Thank you very much for that soundbite. Um, be used for, for the real whatever. What did you learn last week? Well, I learned uh, overcooking it is overcooking it. <laughs> and that, and that, you see, it's actually quite a nice segue into the subject. So you, you were learning more about yourself. I was learning <laughs> about how to talk to people. Yeah. I Hopefully mean, our listeners learned last week about Cycle Strong. Ah. Oh, that's a segue Rob Jones will be proud of. He'd be love that. He'll definitely listen to this. I know he will. Also, to segue into, we are brought to you by Hoka. It used to be called Hoka One One, which I quite look forward to saying, but now I just say Hoka. Hoka Wati Wati? Uh, Hoka One One was their original name. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I prefer that. Yeah, yeah, not anymore. Hoka, and it is time to fly. For me in the Mac X. Yes. 34% more durable than carbon. Yeah, still explain that one to me. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of just general the return on energy and and the mechanics behind it but it looks great you're happy with the colors happy with it yeah your, your socks today have shown that as well <laughs> i don't think they're in shot all the colors they're not on the shot if you're not watching youtube mate we're we're actually talking two weeks before this is released but one week before you've run valencia yeah so don't give any spoilers we have no idea how you've done it went fantastic. But we'll we'll talk about it in the intro, so don't worry. Uh, yeah, so lunch is coming up. I'm actually really excited for it. It's going to be... I've never been to Valencia, which is number one. Pretty yeah. cool. And the weather looks perfect. We've got a good crew going out, which should be nice and fun. Um, and there is a promise of karaoke after, so I don't really... Don't really. How could it possibly go wrong? What me kicking down the table? Can't wait to hear Shawnee on the mic. Oh, him and his dad are going to do a duet, apparently. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Cannot wait. Good. Tell us then, mate, what are you talking to us about today? Well, I'm talking to you about timelines that cross a lot of different other genres within that one, one phrase. <laughs> it's important, and it's been coming up a lot, and it's like resonate with me a lot which is why I want to talk about it um, when you look back over your 2023 and when you look forward to 2024 a lot of the conversations I'm having with the people I coach now are their next goals where they see themselves in six months what they want to achieve next year and then we're setting up timelines around that mm. and what made what really stood out with me is the, the conversations that we've had around that and what is actually being agreed from and why it's being agreed and how it's going to affect them going forward and how it possibly affected them going like in retrospect and if that was a positive or negative thing that's that's fine and the conversations coming out of that like how are we going to timeline that to make sure that you get what you want and I make sure that I can deliver what I need to and 
we've learned from your previous timelines of what's happening and what's happened to make sure you we create the optimal coaching situation. And I I like to use an analogy and, and something I came up with last night in the car, actually. <laughs> uh, so I don't use it. This is the second time <laughs> I've used it. Say, <laughs> but you don't just, if you want to become a musician, if you want to become a rock star or a pop star or whatever, you don't just pick up a guitar or start mm. singing and then immediately expect to walk on stage and get a gold record label, right? Yeah. You don't. Firstly, you've got to decide what it is you want to do. Next, you've got to acquire a skill or a set of skills. Then you've got to apply that skill within a group environment, so a band, for example, or working with others. Then you've got to get a decent manager who can help you. You've got to get a voice coach. You can sort that out if you can't sing if you really want to. You've been watching the Robert Williams documentary? Nope. Ah. I haven't watched that yet. This is, this is fresh off the plane. I was listening to some decent tunes, so it got me. And then you've got to get work bloody hard to find gigs. So you've got to go and seek gigs to make sure people hear you. You've got to market yourself right. And then eventually yeah. you can get that, that, that break. And then you've got to work even harder to make that break stick. Yeah. So this, the, the length of that period is dictated by the initial framework, which is I want to be a star in this genre of music. And the steps that you need to take within that are so complex that you really, you have to think about that, that timeline for that musician is limitless. So what is, how is that relatable to an athlete? What's our, what's your goal when you come to me? If it's, uh, if you've never ridden a bike before and you say, I want to compete in the Tour of France, what's your timeline for that? And what are the things you have to play into, like take into account? So I actually want to take an example here, and it's you. Mm. Um, <laughs> your triathlon timeline to get to what we joked about before is your pinnacle of your triathlon career so far, which was the Ironman in, sorry, the long distance um, triathlon in Challenge Roth, which is sub nine. Yeah. So just take us through the, I think, let's stick to triathlon because we could be here all year. Uh, and yeah, I need to, think you've you've thrown me in the deep end um i was 23 when i did my first triathlon which was a sprint distance fishguard leisure center triathlon shout out to fishguard <laughs> swim uh in a 25 meter pool then it was <laughs> he's gone <laughs> then it was uh yeah 20k hilly bike right up a hill right down it basically and then uh, 5K full gas. And it was, yeah, 2013. I was 20, 23 on the stalk. Oh, on the road bike. Sloppy yeah. stalk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go on. In, Still uh, alive, by the way. In minimalist, innovate, barefoot shoes. And it would have taken me a long time. I mean, I was, I think I, think I won the novice category. But I mean, I was like well back in the pack. Because I was, I was literally just started I was a lifeguard, so I could swim. I had been riding for maybe a year or two, but I'd never put it all together. Yeah, so that's, that's what, 10 years ago? 10 years ago, yeah. And then did a couple more short distance after that. Then the first time I remember getting a real, like, like I was hooked on it was at the Gower Triathlon, which is Olympic distance, which would have been 2014. Then it was, then I didn't do another Olympic. I went only to 
70.3. I did, I think Bala was my first one, probably 2015. I did Dublin a few times, then I qualified. So it took me four years to qualify for my first 70.3, which was uh, World Championships, which was Chattanooga in 2017. Go on. So I was coming in like top or like around 10th, 15th in age group. And then one year in Dublin, I went like first time I went under five hours and came like fifth in age group. That's when I qualified for Chattanooga. And then I did Ironman Bolton as my first uh, Ironman, which was probably also 2017, actually. 2016. 2016. 2016, I did my first Ironman. 10 hours, 10 hours 37, I think. <laughs> which is, yeah, feels pretty slow now. Uh, Not bad. Actually qualified for Kona in that one, but didn't take it. It was ninth. I didn't think it deserved taking it. Interesting. Then, then I think I started, when I moved here, I started taking it a bit more seriously and I was starting to do closer to like four hours, certainly around four hours, 10 for the half. And then it was the goal to get down into like nine hours, 30 for the full. Timelines are hard to remember dates, but I moved here in 2018 to work for Innofight and I would have been, then been doing Ironman South Africa I did Ironman Estonia. Oh, yeah, you did? Yeah. That was a decent one. Uh, then, so yeah, on my eighth year was when I qualified properly for Kona as third in age group at Ironman South Africa. That was 2021. Then 22, was it 22? I can't remember, mate. Can't. Can't remember, but it, it's a long time. Then, yeah, 10 years later from doing my first triathlon, was Challenge Roth, where it was eight hours, 59, 30 seconds. Okay, so it's pretty, pretty, thank you very much for a very thorough <laughs> rain man impression. Definitely out on a few dates there. Yeah, but uh, going through that though, you can sort of see the journey time that it's taken you from like donning all three sports in one in one hit and then the journey and the progression that's taken uh, it's taken to get you there and you're a very like talented athlete so you've got a predisposition to endurance you can hurt yourself you've got good like, well muscle you can build muscle yeah. you can swim you can do you could do all the things before so just imagine having none of those skills and saying i want to do triathlon yeah it gives an idea so 10 years folks to get sub nine at roth yeah i mean a lot of people do that a lot faster yeah but it's, it's, it's just the length of time that it's taken you to go from that shorter distance and the picking up the sport. And it's also, if you think of that as that one layer, so that one line of your sporting life. Yeah. And then you add another layer, which is your life. So within that, you've had changes in job, you've had changes in country, you've had changes in housing situations, in relationship statuses. Yeah. So you add those layers on top. And then you also look at your job and your role and your responsibility within in a fight or previous jobs and how that changed as well. So, and that affected your progression through your sporting timeline. Yeah. So when we're looking at your sporting timeline, if it'd been in pure isolation, if you've just been an athlete, it might maybe probably would have gone a bit quicker Yeah. because you're paid to do that job. But in this situation where you're actually somebody living their life, 
you're compromised. And it's also, if you were to think of these, these lines theoretically in your head, it's how big, how, how much weight does that sporting line have? How much do you put emphasis on that as the like, critical part of your life? Yeah. Therefore, that, that timeline also is either lengthened or shortened by the weighting of importance of which you put on it. Mm. So if you look at and you categorize what matters to you the most, uh, we know Billy's first. Now. <laughs> <laughs> He's always been theoretically in the back of your head. There's always been a Billy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But so say your relationship, say, and then work, how much does that have an influence? And then things outside of sport and work, how extracurricular activities such as going raving like we all know Tom loves to do yeah how much does that play and then that also adjusts that timeline of sport and the what you can hope to achieve within that time frame given which is I think it's a really tenuous subject but I think it's a really important thing to consider Mm. when you sit down at the start of uh, actually probably worth it to sit down from now until the start of 2024 when you're looking to your next goals and you're thinking about what you aspire to do with it, how are you gauging that timeline, and why is it gauged that way? So are you coming to your coach and going, I want to do, I don't know, a 10-minute PB in a triathlon? And the coach goes, yeah, right, neither. Mm. And then he goes, or she goes, can you train anymore? No. What do you prioritize? Well, actually, I've got another kid in the way. Okay. So do you think that's reasonable? Yeah. And, or do you think we look to two years' time and we s- set some goals along the way to make sure that we achieve and don't get frustrated? Yeah. I think it's just a, th- a very, very important thing to, to consider. Do you think, like, I've gone through things that dictate the timeline length there, so life, work, change in situation, I was committed to it, previous disposition to injuries, yada, yada, yada. Mm. What do you think of anything else? I think where where does the motivation come from with it? I think yeah. it does affect timeline. Yeah. Like we often see, I think if you're with a group, for example, on a Saturday ride that we do, we have cyclists in there who've been riding for nearly 20 years. And we have some riders in there who've been riding nearly 10 years. And then we have other riders in there, maybe around five years. And then we have some who are like, Maybe it's their first season on a bike. And I think if you're looking around and your motivation is based on trying to keep up or stay with or ride like or be like the riders who have been there the longest, your timeline is going to feel very rushed. Mm. And so your motivation might need to change from being focused on the outside on others, on trying to be like others and more on what's actually realistic timeline for yourself, which your coach should be helping you, helping you out with and, and celebrating those things along the way. I think if we're not looking at ourselves and what we, as you've mentioned all the points, mate, what, what are we actually in control of affecting? Then our timelines can feel like we're running out of time. Yeah. And like you're saying, timelines can shrink, uh, shrink and lengthen based on other factors. It can also shrink and lengthen based on our mindset as well yeah i think that's that's the next point coming along to is that what what affects a timeline 
And also when it is affected or if a timeline doesn't fit, for example, so we haven't got our mindset right or we haven't taken into account or been honest about the, the external factors or the different timelines and they're waiting within your your categories of life and your happiness level. Mm. What happens then? Well, like for me as a coach personally, I've seen not anger, but a lot of frustration. <laughs> a lot of frustration is when I'm going to get better at this. Yeah. When I'm going to be as good as. Yeah. When am I going to run as fast as? When am I going to move up a group? Yeah. And these things, they come back. They keep coming back in terms of that that sense of rush. And I think it's important to, again, you go back to that fundamental phase of like, what is your timeline for this? It's if it is wrong and you don't have that honest conversation to start with and you don't like look at it quite objectively then you do feel rushed you do feel angry because of it because the progress isn't coming as fast and maybe you've spent a lot of money on a bike or and you're you buying the best run shoes yeah, or and you expected to turn your life into an absolute winner and then 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 the minute you buy a good piece of kit tick 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 yeah you know you have to validate them yeah and yeah. it's it's amazing what these these weightings and the the pressure you put on that thing that comes into your your preset timeline yeah. and how much that changes the whole thing and they're also experience and what it comes back to is how do you create a healthy happy like long coaching or training or exercise journey and it that harks back to longevity yeah so when you look at your your sporting career before that mate before triathlon you were trying every which sport you knew and rugby was the one you seemed to be good at. So you well, yeah, I finished playing rugby at 21. So I had two years in between that I was like doing ultra running or trying a little bit of uh, CrossFit, generally just training at different gyms, some MMA stuff. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like trial and error, right? Yeah. And that's, whole, that's, the, and that's part of it as well. So that whole trial and error phase if somebody's coming into it, that's part of their initial phase of that, like that, that skill set and acquisition. Yeah. So that also has to be explained. So yeah, it's just, it's such a longevity for me and timelines is such an interesting subject because in essentially what you have to do is number one, be clear on what that's, that, what that activity brings you, which I think in most cases, if we don't get paid for it, it's because we enjoy it. Because yeah. we enjoy it, we enjoy doing it, and what it brings to our life additionally. But predominantly, it's what we enjoy doing. Yeah. And setting appropriate timelines that aren't rushed, which aren't based on a ti- like a time, unless it's really like set in the ways, if unless you're like six, seven years down the line. Yeah. Then you can forget about it to a, to a, to a large extent, right? We can just keep the goals internal. Yeah. I think it is a you can often feel quite conflicted with with your timelines and I think that is based on the outside world and and what's going on and feeling pressured into being able to do certain times or qualify for certain races based off how other people have done it or are doing it and like you say the bring it back to your fun and the minute you feel you're not having fun or enjoying it it's a good time to just step back and have a look at why, where's the pressure coming from? Like you're saying, frustration, anger, these are all quite normal feelings, but they're yeah. not normal to ignore. Yeah. You got to acknowledge them and then figure out what's making or where's that coming from. Yeah. Especially in a sporting sense. 
And then also those two emotions together can then lead into a, a sense of needing to correct it, which is the classic, right? Yeah. So if somebody misses a week of training or two weeks of training and they feel they need to catch up, it's because their timeline is too short and they haven't accommodated for the fact that they've missed two weeks. Yeah. And then that leads to potential risk of injury, burnout, and just general dislike of, of carbon running shoes, <laughs> which can happen a lot. <laughs> yeah. What about, mate, do you think quite a good thing to remember is for like Olympians who are at the top of their sport, they're working on four-year yeah. timelines. However, within the amateur world, we literally like find a race six months later. Yeah. We're racing it. You know what? We're kind of not being fair on ourselves if... Olympians are taking four years to prepare for the pinnacle of their sport. For one race. For one race that could last 10 point, what is it, the world record now, or 9.8 seconds Don't potentially? 10 point for the 100 meters. So I think of the Welsh record. Nine <laughs> <laughs> point nine point eight two. 9.1 summit. A little bolty. 9.1. Aye. Yeah. Fair play. Anyway. Fair play. Four years, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, what are we doing? Thinking we can be at our pinnacle within six months to run our best ever best ever marathon marathon or something like that PB it by 10 minutes like oh it's it's <laughs> it's actually mind-boggling if you put it that way yeah and then <laughs> let's let's double that right so eight oh, years. that's eight years <laughs> <laughs> so old mate olympian actually doesn't think they're going to peak in four years time physiologically but they'll think in eight years time they will so then that whole bar yeah. gets shifted. So they want to peak for their time then, but they also are very, very much aware that they're not going to beat their absolute physical peak yeah. within that four years because they're not mature enough or they yeah. haven't been in the sport long enough or they're just not quite there. And they've been told, okay, we'll look to these first Olympics as the time to, to practice our, our build-up. Yeah. But then the next ones are going to be when you really shine. So as a junior being told that, like you've got you've got the potential to be really good in eight years' time. <laughs> What's your timeline, pal? <laughs> <laughs> and you're a, you're yeah. a four meter runner. Oh, great! So lactagon for. Everyone in hindsight, if you were told, you know, whatever, eight years ago, you're going to reach your peak in eight years' time. Are you are you cool with that? Yeah. You know, what would you think then? Maybe listeners can think about that now. If we tell you you're going to reach your peak in four years' time, how does that feel? Are you excited to do the journey? Or are you thinking, oh no, in four years' time, I won't be doing the sport? Yeah, that, that should pretty much <laughs> quickly get people to quit or carry on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and off, 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 off. <laughs> disconnect, disconnect, disconnect. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is, it's a good thing to see. I, I don't know whether, like you say, mate, we're seeing a lot of it recently. I don't know whether we as coaches are being more aware to it or being more asked questions, being asked questions more around it. But it is happening and I think it plays into society at the moment which is a rushed yeah a rushed society yeah really you want everything right now and Every, everything is now infiltrating one of the most important importantly patient sports which is endurance yeah it's the long it's the ultimate long game i think yeah um, oh yeah i second that and yeah it's 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 mimicked by society so everything especially here in in dubai i know it's the same to a large extent around the world but we are encouraged here by convenience and quick applications and deliveries and people coming to your car to fill it up when you're in your house yeah. to not get off your arse and have things instantly so 
if we expect things to happen yesterday in that sense yeah then we carry that through to our sport and so you get the best shoes you get the best yeah. bike you you put the compression garments on you have the pre-cooling beforehand you get in the ice bath every single time after training but only for two weeks before you actually compete <laughs> what the hell's gonna happen you're gonna turn to christian blumenthal like how a, <laughs> like have a bit of he doesn't do massages mate it's a waste of time oh, it's a waste of time yeah. he goes to, hey, say that he goes to sleep <laughs> he goes to sleep <laughs> sleeps and eats steak doritos but yeah like if you but then that's that's why it's really important at this time of year which is the critical i need to achieve something next year people start panicking mm. about getting something booked in to validate their the time they spend on the exercise or improving at a rate of knots compared to joe bloggs who runs next to them in track yeah is not to rush into it and have a real think a real hard think and be fine with drawing a big long line of your current state and also where you want to end up eventually and not having an end date to that, but also having things along the way that motivate because they seem like fun, because they inspire you, and because when you're there, you'll be happy to be there. Yeah. And then you also get with that bit of paper, and you, you write down, and you put little lines as well, like, when's my holiday coming? When are things mad at work? Yeah. What might derail this? So I can, again, accord, like, adjust that initial line to make sure that that is just flowy. So you don't panic, you don't feel rushed. And when all that nonsense is going around you, that white noise, you can sort of just go, okay, but what am I here for? What have I discussed? And using and having a timeline, even just, just drawing a bit of paper to reflect on is actually a great way to just remind yourself of like the why, the, yeah. the reason you're doing it and the objectives that you set up initially. So yeah. you don't get lost in the the hopping between 10Ks, 10K, 5K, 10K. Yeah. 3k for 3k <laughs> yeah and i think if you if you look at it like you say mate what does it bring to you outside of the sport so does it make you a better person does it make you better at home does it make you a better whatever husband wife father mother person in work then you shouldn't feel rushed with it because the sport is going nowhere yeah you know so even if you're missing let's say you're going to miss a race in a few months time because you've you're injured or whatever it's okay it's going to be there next year yeah you know and it, try not to say oh this is my last year doing this or this is the last race i ever do because you might change your mind and that's all right too but the minute you start saying it's in your head it's the last time i do it or you know this is the last chance i get you're going to feel rushed no matter what and yeah and you, it's gonna it's gonna taint the experience yeah which is if uh, say a marathon's three or four hours long, but you have to put in eight to 12 hours a week of training. You've tainted all that training, which is a large part of your life to something that you just feel pressure from, mm. which is unnecessary. Yeah. Because the times will come and the progress will come, but it has to be on your terms. Nobody else's can't be engraved in a date on, yes. a, on a medal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and I think, um, going back to your reflection my reflection point we have a lot of people in our community who are great at picking the next sport the next competition yeah and completely disregarding what they've done previous to that as oh that was just a race <laughs> that was just uh, a PB yeah the next one's got to be a PB yeah but if you write these little dots on your previous timeline you're able then to probably reflect on what you've actually achieved this year, which is incredible. I yeah. bet you, if each of our athletes, or actually any athletes for that matter, 
who have done sport for a year, draw a little line. We can do a compute, whatever. Strava does it for you, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> and just dot out what you've achieved, whether that's a, a week worth of consistent training or back-to-back like green weeks on your terms. And then you look at your races you've done or events that have no finish line that are actually things you targeted because you want to prove to yourself that you could do them. And you just dot these things down and you cannot ignore them if they're there because mm. you're there and you're emotional and you look at them and you think, you know what, I've actually achieved a hell of a lot. Go back even further if you have a bit more time in your hands. Go back two, three years like you just have and look at how many things you've actually achieved on the way and what that means to you. Yeah. It means everything because it's a marker of success. It's a marker of dedication. And look at all the good times that that's brung like in, in like lieu of that. Yeah. It's so cool. And stop looking forward so hard. Yeah. Sometimes just to stop and have a look back and tick off what you've done and give yourself a good pack on the back. <laughs> Is that, it is a good exercise to do. I used to send every medal back to my grandparents. Ah, and yeah. some people might know, some people won't, but they passed away in the summer. Can't remember the date, August, I think. And uh, so I had to go home and I went home and went to the house to help clear it out. And all my medals were there. And I'm pulling medals out. I'd like completely forgot I'd yeah. done, you know? And it, it was a nice time to just sit. And I normally, I remember, you know, visiting them and seeing them hanging up and, Kind of like, ah, yeah, I'll get you more, I'll get you more. But this time around, it was a nice time to just look at it and go, wow, there must be 30 to 40 medals here. Yeah. I remember that triathlon taught me this, and this one taught me that, and this was the first time I used a disc wheel, and this was the one where I got this placement. And yeah, you actually, you did, you just feel, I think, I guess, fulfilled would be the word for it, because you look back at yourself from an objective standpoint and go, wow, done a lot like you just said. So I think it's good for everybody to do it. A lot of people keep their own medals, which I think is a nice thing to do when, when you want to reflect like this. But even if you just draw a timeline, like, okay, 2013 to 2023, what's been achieved? And yeah. then just look and like you say, give yourself a pat on the back sometimes because doing that doesn't mean you're not going to achieve anything more in the future. Yeah, it's just a stimulus to achieve more. Yeah. Knowing that if you continue the way you have been, it's going to get, it's, the more things will come. Because yeah. if you, if you, oh, I've done nothing so far. You hear that a lot, or I've not really achieved what I wanted to. But look what you have achieved. Then you, you write it down. You, there's no denying it. You can't like shy away from it because you don't like limelight. But you can say to yourself in quite a nice way, yeah, I've done good. Yeah. <laughs> and then that should give you a fair indication of how far you go back as to what you should expect going forward. True. And then you can have a look at, you can marry things up, like what was happening then as well. Like, so you got into Kona qualification, what else was happening in your life then? And how did it affect it? And how will it dictate it going forward? Yeah. And this all, this all should be put in this big old melting pot when you look to your 2024. Yeah. And it, again, if, if the, the most thing you want to achieve in 2024 is, I don't know, like having six months of just happy, consistent training with injury-free because you've had a troublesome year, because you were overreaching, because you were panicked, because you've mm. got it completely wrong. Yeah that's fine because then you can say okay we're, we're pretty sweet for this yeah like this is how we're going to do it and you know i'll get sick this time of year because my kids <laughs> go back to school and i yeah. know i get potentially little injuries here because i watch watch a marathon when i train too hard so it really it's a good exercise and it's just the word timeline is, is more of a phrase just to consider what affects your training path and your training continuity and how can you 
best manage that to achieve happiness, success and fulfillment within sport. Love it. One last point for me anyway on this. Instead of whatever, being on a group ride or a run or looking at Instagram and seeing what people are doing and just thinking, oh, I need to do that or it's easy for them or whatever you might conclusion you might jump to. I think it's a lot better idea to speak to that person. Literally do what we've done today and had a chat and just ask them, when did you start? Yeah. What was your first race? What was your first marathon time? When was the first time you rode 50K? You know, just talk to them. And I can guarantee that you will be surprised with the answer back. And uh, probably only the knobheads will say, oh, yeah, I started and it was really easy. You know? <laughs> but they won't tell you about like the, the six years of semi-professional sport they did in a different sport before yeah. that. Yeah. They'll not mention that because that won't save their ego properly. Yeah. Used to be swim squad, swimmer and all yeah. this. Yeah. So ask, I think asking is a really, really important thing in this day and age and actually connecting through questions, not just connecting through you're putting out content and I'm viewing it. Yeah. And then I'm judging myself based off your content. Yeah. Go and speak to them, connect with them and you'll leave that conversation. I'd imagine feeling a lot more vot- motivated or better about yourself that actually what you want to do is is achievable and but it, it but it's going to take work and it's going to take time and i think as we as the great saying in life is nothing worth having in life comes easy yeah exactly well well summed up there <laughs> you go ask questions <laughs> excellent well thank you mate i think that was a really important message for people to hear and a great time to share it because we're, yeah. we're coming up to rushed. We'll be uh, within inside the last month of the year. Yeah, rushed gold's coming up soon, eh? Don't, don't feel tempted to go into December, the December charge to get make sure you hit your KOM targets for Strava. Unless yeah. you want to go into 2021 depressed. <laughs> 2021? What are talking about, man? I'm stuck in the past. Marathon brain. <laughs> Marathon brain. <laughs> Good. So hopefully that helps helps you guys think a little bit more around your goals and, and your timelines around them. And if you tuned in to hear how long it takes you to go from a 42-minute 10K down to a 38-minute, I'm sorry, we don't have the answer for you. <laughs> you have the answer for yourself. Oh, referee. Come on. Oh, clickbait. Stoics, stoics. Good. Mate, we obviously wish you all the best with Valencia. As we're listening, you've done a time. We don't know what the time is doesn't really matter but do you want to predict a good race (laughs) and if you want to know what a good race means go back to episode 202 where we're actually you and i speak in Iten, kenya 2300 meters high so there's a lot of breathing well diagonal breathing and uh you you talk about what does a good race mean and i think that was a really good show to listen to so go back and, and listen to there we will be back next week we will run shows all the way up to the christmas break we will take a small break and be back in January. So don't worry, some more shows to come to finish out the year. And we look forward to joining you. If you've got questions based on what we've talked about today or any other shows, you can email us endurance at innerfight.com. If you want to speak to this skinny guy directly, rf at innerfight.com. Or you can email me twinnerfight.com. We have social channels at if underscore endurance at rf, oh no, re foster. Not for this Bob guy Cummett, yeah, yeah. for me it's Tom Walker fitness don't forget we have ladies run club LRC underscore endurance no IF underscore uh, IF underscore ladies run club ladies run club yeah 
We have franchises in Ireland. Go on, mate. You're in charge of social. What are the handles? I have one as well. Ireland. And New Zealand, again, at IF underscore Endurance New Zealand. We're all there. You will find us some way, somehow. If you want to come and run with us, Tuesdays, 5.59am at Sports City Track. Again, we will run all the way through the Christmas New Year break. And if you want to come on to our tempo runs or coffee run on Friday, 5.59 at the starting line of the beach track. It's no longer the 300 meter line. It's the zero mark of the beach track in Dubai. If you want to ride with us, 5.59 Monday morning at Bike DXB. But please email rf at innerfight.com beforehand to confirm the session is on. Wednesdays, we ride out of Kudra, 5.59, bottom of the stick. Bottom of the stick. Saturdays, we ride or we do brick sessions, 5.59, bottom of the stick, or at Zads. Again, email twinnerfight.com and I can share it with you. We'd love to have you with us over this holiday period that's coming. There are some Christmas crackers. <laughs> Sorry. On that note, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>